Okay, well, Tanya, uh, so you, uh, we previously discussed you don't have a panel per se, but you are involved in some charity work, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I'm so, I'm the charity manager for MTAC. Okay. Um, so all of the every year we choose a charity and um, we raise funds for that charity. So that's kind of that's my bread and butter right there. That's all I do. <laughs> awesome. Um, so how long have you been involved in um, in, in this uh, this charity chapter of MTAC? Um, I started on staff with charity i want to say probably four or five years ago um, okay that's including the big break that we've had the past two years sure um but i think as far as like actual m tax uh three m tax before this one <laughs> okay that's cool um so what exactly is involved with the charity like what what is your part that you do in the charity and what is the actual charity do does it um yeah <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> so this year our charity partner is special olympics tennessee usually okay. we like to choose a charity that goes along with the theme and so okay. since this year's theme is mtax score right. we thought along the lines of sports and mm -hmm. usually um, I will go through and I will choose a charity that I think that people like mm -hmm. but last time after the last um, convention I just reached out to people on Facebook on the MTAC page and I said hey thinking about you know the the score um, theme what what charity would you like to support and I had an overwhelming response for Special Olympics mm -hmm. so I just reached out to them and I said hey I have lots of people at this convention and they want to raise money for you you know do you want to be a part of this and they were like sure. blown away so <laughs> yeah so that's that's kind of um, right now they are gearing up for um, what is it? They have uh, the, I think it's just the USA game. Sure. Um, that they're doing. And I think that they are in Florida is what she told me. But that's what they are gearing up for right now. Um, they have, you know, a team that's going down to Florida. So all the money that they're raising right now is going towards, um, you know, just extra money for them to, you know, have while they're down there. Um, plus it helps to cover the cost of, you know, their hotels and, you know, their food and stuff like that because the Special Olympics, uh, Special Olympics Tennessee covers all of that for the athletes. They don't have to um, do any of that out of pocket. So that, that way they can awesome. just come and, yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, so there's lots of different uh, athletes that they have that are just amazing their stories and and everything so we will have um, some of the athletes that are there going to be there at MTAC and they're going to be helping out with some of the things that we're doing as well oh wow um, that's cool and yeah so we just we've got different things that we are doing to to raise funds um, we do have a couple of different uh, do, do you want me to go into that uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Go for it. So, so our main thing that we do every year, um, we do a golden Easter egg hunt because it is Easter weekend. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to do something on theme with that. And so it's just, it's basically a $5 entry fee. 
and then we have clues, which will be a little bit different this year because honestly, I haven't even been to the hotel yet <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, it's I, a new, yeah, yeah it's a yeah, new brand hotel. New venue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brand new so venue super, for MTAC, brand new yeah. hotel period. So yeah, yeah, I'm super excited that all of us are going to be in the same, same hotel because in past years, um, you know, we've been split and charity has always been in the other hotel, yeah, the em- <laughs> not the uh, main hotel. The embassy. So. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. Which I love the embassy. It's a great hotel. Oh but, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, sometimes people don't come over there because it's just gaming and charity. So right, they, right. you know, they're like, Oh, well I don't do gaming. So mm-hmm. they just don't come over. And now sure. that we're going to be all together, it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. That, that is wonderful. Um, yeah, so we've got that, and then we've, we're going to have a first, second, and third place winner for that. And then um, we started, I think two years ago, we started with a Cards Against Humanity tournament. Nice. Which, yes. it's, a, it's a $5 um, entry fee as well, and 100% of the proceeds of everything that we do goes straight to the charity. Awesome. And um, so we'll have, we have first, second, and third place for that as well, which is good. We've had good turnout the past two years that we've done that. So um, I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. And then this year we wanted to try something new, and we are going to be doing a dad joke off. Um, and so I don't, I don't know, I guess it came to me, the idea came to me because I am one of those endless Facebook video scrollers and, you know, just like a lot of other people. And I absolutely love those videos of two guys straight faced and they are sitting there telling dad jokes to each other. And then the first person, you know, (laughs) the first person to laugh loses. Yeah. Those are so funny. And I mean, and I am a, a, even before I was a dad, I was a huge fan of dad (laughs) jokes. Yeah. So I think that it'll have good feedback, um, you know, and maybe later on down the road, it'll grow big enough to where we might even be able to have it as like a main event type thing, or at least that's what I would hope for. Um, but for now, it's just a, it's a $5 entry. Okay. <laughs> and then we're going to have a winner and a runner up and the runner up is going to get a um, dad joke book. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so they can brush up on their dad jokes for next year. <laughs> that is a very appropriate prize. Um, yeah. And then, and then the other thing that we're doing, it's not necessarily an event or anything like that, but we are doing a silent auction. Um, and so that's going to be on Saturday throughout the day. And, uh, we've already had lots of lots of things that have been donated for it. Um, one of our uh, one of our con goers, um, Angelica Ryan, she has made uh, these gorgeous bags. Um, she does. She's a seamstress, and okay. so uh, so she's made these beautiful bags, and she's donated some of those. We've have. Uh, I know it's not necessarily anime themed but vera bradley mm-hmm. um they have donated a couple of high high priced pieces oh, wow. <laughs> to us which is yeah it's pretty amazing it's uh, beyond what i expected from yeah. them but yeah that's great um we've got that we've got um we have a local baker who has donated two custom cakes 
Okay. Um, and I've, I haven't actually tasted her cakes. I told her that she's allowed to donate the cakes, but she also has to send one for me to taste. <laughs> um, but she didn't really respond on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, but she's... Uh, I, I have a friend who has had her cakes before and has said that they are amazing. So I've gotcha. seen pictures and they are gorgeous. Um, so That's she's cool. donated those and just, we've got some, some other things as well. Um, we have a, I have a friend who does um, paintings. And so she, um, she has done a gorgeous painting of like a skyline kind of with okay. Sailor Moon oh, nice. and with her hair flowing like it's flowing in the wind and mm-hmm. she's looking out over the city and then once you turn on a black light it pops like the colors oh, are black wow. light reactive and oh my gosh it just <laughs> it gives me goosebumps it's <laughs> gorgeous so gorgeous <laughs> it, it sounds really cool yes I cannot wait to see it in person yeah. So um, there's that, and then and then we've also had a lot of other um, prize donations. So f- these will go into prizes for like the, um, you know, maybe the dad joke off and the and the Easter egg hunt and and the um, cards against humanity tournament. So we've had a candy company donate packages of candy, um, and those I have tasted the candy. It's amazing, mm-hmm. and uh, it's Nirvana Candy Company. And okay. their stuff is so good. Malted milk balls, if you like those, mm-hmm. they're so good. Like the inside is just so soft. Um, and it then, sounds delicious. <clears throat> yes, it really is. I could sit there and just grow fat on it probably. <laughs> but <laughs> and then we've also had um, Bath's Baths. Um, Mimi Battaglia. I yep. hope I said her last name right, but I, I, she's yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that's correct. She's she's a huge supporter of the podcast. She's been a Patreon donor f- basically since the beginning of time. Yeah, and awesome. She, and she's been on the podcast uh, at least once or twice. So awesome. Yeah, I really love her, and I love her bath stuff. And mm-hmm. she's donated some uh, self care kits as well. So that's really I'm just cool. I'm overwhelmed with the amount of response that we've had for donations and things like that. And I am so excited for us to reach our goal. I'm, our goal this year for the charity is to raise 5,000 total. Okay. Um, and we've already previously, um, we were supposed to have the, this convention back in, I think 2019, no 2020. It was yes. Cause this is 2022. Mm-hmm. right yeah. yes um <laughs> i'm losing years yeah um so yeah so back in 2020 um we were supposed to have the convention and before everything got shut down because of covid we had uh, our yearly game day just a, you know a day for everybody to come and play games with each other and right. all of the donate all of the proceeds from that were donated to the charity too. So okay. um, I don't remember exactly how much the, the amount was, but we'll be adding that to the total as well. So we've already got a small head start, but awesome. Uh, I'm just, I'm super excited. <laughs> well, um, I, uh, you know, we can talk more about this off, uh, off air, uh, once we stop recording, but, uh, I am also a, um, uh, I'm an Etsy shop owner and I make, uh, all kinds of like tumblers for 
um, anime and Marvel and DC and stuff. And I would love yeah. to donate uh, if um, if you could find a space for it, if it would yeah. do you any good. Uh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd love to do it because um, I uh, my my brother, my younger brother, he has cerebral palsy. And both of my children are on the autism spectrum. So the Special Olympics is a event that I hold very uh, near and dear to my heart. It's uh, And yeah. I can also per- personally vouch that it is a organization that uh, if you decide to donate to, your money is not going to uh, making rich people more rich yeah Yeah, because that's you know we we've all come to learn that by now is that that's the issue with donating nowadays is that you know sometimes you donate money and it's not going anywhere to (laughs) to where it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be going um yeah but yeah the uh that's why i was so excited to learn that the the charity you picked was the special olympics because i know that every dollar uh, that goes to it will 100% 100% be spent the right way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We we have a um, our contact with the Special Olympics. Her name is Beth Teagarden, and she's been amazing. Um, she, she actually has created a special link for, for MTAC donors. Okay. So um, that's actually live on the website, on the MTAC website right now under the charity. Great. Uh, option and so any of the um, any anybody that decides to donate through that link is that's all going to be tallied into our total as well but um, she was telling me that if you just go on to like the Special Olympics Tennessee website mm-hmm. um, and you just donate to Special Olympics it doesn't specifically go to them and so with this link it does go specifically to them and that way they can also yeah so um, she said there's a it gets complicated because there's a way that they can go through whatever their version of corporate is you Mm -hmm. know for the special olympics and they can request you know they can say hey this was donated and you know have those funds pulled back towards them but she said it's most of the time more trouble than it's (laughs) you know yeah yeah, so I'm just I'm super excited to be partnering with them, and I cannot wait to meet all of the uh, the athletes that decide to come out and help us. And we're we're also planning on um, uh, replacing our con chair Nico. We replace him every year with okay. a somebody <laughs> uh, from our charity. Um, one year we we replaced him with a cat. <laughs> um, the last year that we had convention was when we were doing uh, working dogs for vets and mm-hmm. we replaced, we replaced Nico with um, our, one of our working dogs. His name is steel. He's super awesome, but okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So one of the veterans, the, the veteran that was um, basically their voice that year, um, you know, she was doing the talking and stuff and he was her service dog. And so, we just we decided to replace Nico with her, with him. So that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, so we, we're planning on doing that again this year as well. We'll we'll be replacing him with one of the athletes. Okay, that's that's great. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. 
Um, okay, well, um, we are just about at our 15-minute mark. Um, is there anything else, uh, any other info that you want uh, to go over real quick or need to go over um, that is uh, pertinent to, um, to the charity? I, I think that's it. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, any, any links that, uh, 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 or I guess the main charity link you specified on the website, I will put that in the show notes for this episode. So listeners um, and MTAC uh, attendees, if you are listening to this episode, um, definitely check the link below in the show notes um, if you are interested in donating, or you could just go directly to the MTAC website. Um, but yes, Tawny, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and, uh, congratulations on, uh, the success of, uh, your charity work and, um, thank you for, for doing this charity work. It's absolutely amazing. And, um, I personally want to thank you for it. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me as well. I, I'm, I was excited about the opportunity to get the word out. <laughs> yeah, of course. Absolutely. Emmy, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you are hosting a panel at MTAC this year, MTAC 2022, um, belated from MTAC 2021 and 2020. Um, <laughs> May it rest in peace. Right, exactly. <laughs> rest in peace all those other years. Um, rest in peace. Were you scheduled to uh, to, to do this panel um, those other uh, previous years, or uh, was this like a, a new thing that Oh, you said you had been doing this for a couple of years, right? Yeah. So we've been doing this since 2000, well, unofficial in 2017, but official in 2018. And we have been running it for about three. This is our fourth year, but we've been running it at other cons too. But we applied for it in 2020 again. And then, you know. The panini hit. <laughs> so the panini, yeah. the panini hit. So we couldn't run it again. So we actually reapplied and then they accepted us. But um we're back with like bigger and better plans than previous years. So we're excited nice. to bring it back. Awesome. Well, tell us about your panel. because uh, um you started to explain it to me um and you went into some detail over chat, but I'm sure it would be much easier for me and for for our listeners and potential panel attendees to get a uh, an earful um, in audio format as to what uh, what your event is all about. Of course. Um, so pretty much the Kira Kira Idol Festival is a whole entire hour and a half to two hour panel where you kind of get the idol experience that you would feel if you went overseas to Japan to do an idol concert now it's kind of like almost like attending a garage band concert in a way because we okay. don't really have a stage or anything but we pretty much get idol groups and like dance cover groups from all around the area to come together and perform in this one space and kind of get word out about their group but also kind of promote this idol culture and educate I people about idol culture like japanese idol culture through our dancing and through our like you know cheering and chanting and showing people like this is what the idol 
experience is like overseas but only unofficial <laughs> sure um so for the lay per- the lay person and uh, dummies like me who may not know what uh, idol culture is like you said idol culture initially when we first spoke and i was like oh like american idol and then you talked about it and i was like uh maybe not <laughs> not quite not quite like that yeah um, so maybe, uh, you know, take just a, a couple seconds to, to explain to those listening that may not be super tuned in to, to, to what idol culture is. Yeah. So idol culture, I don't really have like the definition in front of me, but think of it like how we have Britney Spears and like Ariana Grande and all that pretty much idol culture over there is v- similar to what we have only not as like, I guess westernized i guess is the right word for it because it's basically like young women and men young women Mm -hmm. and men that like come together kind of like are formed produced under these companies these like um music companies then they come together and perform dances and do songs and the you have different sort of like forms of it it's kind of hard to explain like a few seconds but there's like different sort of forms of it there's like those ones that like are formed from games and like gotcha games and mobile games. And then there's ones that are already pre-existing and are like standalone, don't really have like an anime or show or game attached to them. There's just so many different kinds of idols out there. But just to like water everything down, it's pretty much like their version of like pop stars. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's simple enough to wrap my mind around. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hope I, it's simple enough. No, no, it, it is. I just like I, I, I wanted to play dumb for a second because I, you know, I just enjoy learning about Japanese culture. Like that, that's a lot of the reason mm-hmm. why I attend MTAC and I try and go to it at least one or two new panels every year. Is that um, I, I want to learn more. I just. Uh, yeah, I, it's just it's fun learning about other cultures in general, but uh, Japan in particular, um, I just love like uh, like the whole bathroom thing like blows my mind. Like, <laughs> like I, I know, know that's not what we're here to talk about, but um, that that's just an instance. Of, like when I learned about how bathrooms work and how there's like two different kinds of bathrooms. I know basically. it's in it's insane. I mean, my roommate went over to Japan. She's been over there twice, and she said that being at a restaurant is so different than how it is over here because over there you just like hit a buzzer and your waiter will come by and like take your order and everything and then they'll go and leave you alone and just bring out your food and just completely leave you alone and you just have to like hit a buzzer and they'll come in and get you but here it's like they're constantly checking on you or if you like you know don't have the best waiter you have to flag them down yourself so it's very interesting like how culture is over there versus here so, uh, I, as of this recording, I don't believe any of the, the scheduling has been released for, for when everything goes down. Uh, do, do you have a idea of when, uh, did you say it's Sunday that, um, your panel is happening? So our panel is happening Saturday, April 16th from 1215 to 145. And we're actually planning on doing like a little meet and greet after the panel. So everybody can meet like the different groups. And we're actually going to be raffling off a special prize that all the groups have put together at the very end of the show. So then the audience can have the chance to take home a little something from the festival for them to remember it by. So it's going to be a great time. That's awesome. Um, 
and uh, and that is at night, correct? Um, uh, it is 12- in the afternoon. Sorry, oh. I should have said <laughs> I should have said twelve fifteen p.m. to one forty five p.m. No, it's it's okay. I for so <laughs> I I have a a history of um, staying up way past my bedtime at Emtech, um and kind of you know going hard in the paint as far as partying goes. So <laughs> um, I totally totally understand that. Yeah. So in my head, I was just like, oh, this is a nighttime thing, <laughs> like Rager. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm sure it would have been great at night, too, but I'm sure by the end of it, you would have seen, like, five different groups all lying on the floor, ready to be wrapped in a blanket and given hot cocoa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so for any uh, anyone that might be listening that could potentially be interested in attending, what are some of the things that you might want them to no going in like i guess maybe specifically about your panel what you're going to talk about um uh, just what what they can expect in general so what people can expect going into the panel is a fun time as i like to put it (laughs) um they are more than welcome to get loud but not like crazy loud where like the staff's gonna come in and you know shut us down but um we definitely encourage people to come in and cheer and some people will bring like little glow sticks too to kind of like cheer along with in their hands or like little pen lights and um And they can expect a lot of dancing, a lot of cheering, a lot of hyping from all of us and just kind of all around like a good performance show. So nice. That's so that's cool. what they can kind of expect. Um, is uh, is there any is there like a contest element to it? Is there uh, winners at all uh, or is it just performance? It's mostly performance based because we didn't really with our festivals, we don't want to do a contest with it because we kind of want to create the sense of unity within the community. So we don't really have people competing with each other. But um, I mean, like I said, the audience can win a raffle at the end of all the group's goodies. So we definitely try our best to focus on like the audience experience and making sure that the audience is happy and that everybody's having a great time and a good time because it's been two years since we've hosted the idol festival. So we're, we're definitely ready to come back with like bigger and better ideas. Cause before we didn't even do a raffle. So this is our first time doing a raffle during our idol festival panel. So it's definitely going to be a different experience, but we're excited to give away some really cool stuff for everyone. And also whoever comes in first will also get some goodies. So awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely excited and looking forward to it. I'm, this year it's probably all going to be like about the panels for me because I have so many friends hosting so many panels and it's only growing by the day uh, as, uh, as I meet you and other panelists that were interested in, in coming on the podcast and talking about their panel or panels. So I'm like, Oh, I want to go to that one and go to that one. So it's going to be a very busy weekend for me. Oh yeah, I can imagine. You're probably just not even going to sleep. You're probably just going to like roll up to panels already like in a snuggie and ready to like rumble and like take a quick 10 minute nap and then just go. Yeah. um, I'm just going to catch like a second and third and fourth wind. Uh, (laughs) It seems to be what happens like every single year uh, that that I go to MTAC is like, it's just what happens is like, oh, like my body feels exhausted, but my brain is like, no, <laughs> like that oh. is not an option. 
Oh yeah. I no. That's a relatable feeling. Um I mean, last year I went to Awa and um Anime Week in Atlanta and I drove straight from work straight to Atlanta, a four hour drive from like Nashville to Atlanta. Wow. And only got like mm-hmm. four hours of sleep and then had to perform the next day. So <laughs> I was like, literally the whole entire weekend, I was just running on pure adrenaline. And I feel like that's how MTech's going to be for me mm-hmm. and for like everyone, too. Because I feel like since, you know, we haven't been to MTech in like two years, everybody's going to want to do everything. So it's going to be a great time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Are you excited about the new venue? Yes, I'm very excited. As a person who last first ever year at mtech i went to went to mtech while i was at the nashville convention center before they built the new one the old one and then i went for two years and loved the venue and then they switched because you know we got kicked out of nashville a little bit right (laughs) a little bit a little bit a little bit and so it's nice that we'll be able to have a bigger venue to kind of grow and that's like right downtown. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see all the very confused tourists on Broadway when they see all these little <laughs> weebs roll up in their little costumes. They're going to be like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I got two words for them. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 100%. Like, I feel like they're going to be like, these damn weebs clogging up our little honky tonks. And I'm going to be like, you know what? <laughs> Whatever. You don't even have to go to this honky tonk. You've probably been here for two weeks already. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, uh, I I'm curious to know what the parking situation is. Like that's that's what's kind of stressing me out. I I I have a friend that lives in East Nashville. I texted him the other day. I was like, "Hey, can I like park at your house and then Uber to, <laughs> to the convention center?" I feel like that would be the easiest. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious about the parking situation too cuz my roommate and a friend and I are splitting a hotel room at mm-hmm. the venue. And so we heard that valet parking was like $48 or something like that. And I was like, um, excuse me, we're just going to p- split the 48. Nobody's leaving this hotel all weekend. Nobody. I mean, I mean, if that's if that's for the whole weekend, then honestly, that's not bad. Like if it's, that's the if that's the only parking uh, fee you have to pay for the whole weekend is just like the valet parking like 48 bucks it's it's not bad because you could pay that for just like a saturday night honestly (laughs) yeah yeah honestly in nashville that's very true and i mean it's not that bad of a deal but i just don't want to have to pay each time i take my car out but i don't know the technicalities of it Um, for all i know it could be like 48 and it's like unlimited valet parking for that Mm -hmm. weekend i don't really know because i haven't called the venue yet i've only heard rumors on facebook so right yeah um well you know what they say about rumors they're mostly true so (laughs) yeah yeah you're right you're so so right (laughs) yeah you need to believe everything you hear on the internet i mean yeah 100 percent. right best to err on this the side (laughs) of safety there and just believe everything and then you know ask questions later (laughs) yeah believe everything buy gold join the illuminati while you're at it (laughs) Right. invest in (laughs) nfts invest in nfts go get some crypto And believe everything. Just like, don't even fact check it. Just go on Facebook and go look. (laughs) Yeah, make sure you got your tinfoil hat while you're at it. Oh, yeah. Have your tinfoil hat, your Ouija board, too. So you can also (laughs) commune with the dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's just, honestly, that's just the cherry on top. So Yeah, that's a cherry on top right there. That's how you should live your life. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, Emmy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast um, and talking about your panel. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm super excited for it. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that MTAC is back and I'm glad that your panel is back and you're getting to do this. And hopefully I will be able to carve some time out of my busy weekend to, to come check it out, at least for a few minutes. So. Yeah, that would be great. I'm and thank you so much for having me on. Like I love spreading the word about the Idol Festival and sure. I love telling people about idol culture and kind of spreading it cuz that's kind of like the goal of this festival is to spread the idol culture to Tennessee and mm-hmm. surrounding areas. So we're yeah. very excited to be having it again this year. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely reason to be excited. Uh, all all the above. <laughs> so, yes, uh, thank you, and uh, we look forward to seeing you then. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right, so Cindy, you are hosting a makeup panel, correct? Yes, I am. Uh, well, um, the panel itself, I'm calling it um, I Cast Disguise Self and to use makeup for cosplay. I'm giving it kind of a Dungeons and Dragons flair because that's kind of my little mini obsession. And okay. uh, it's just, I go that way with it because makeup can be like a powerful spell and it's got the power to really impact or accentuate your cosplays. But it's not an impossible magic, and I'm going to be talking for an hour and going into what you'll need and some of the products and techniques and how to use them to your advantage, and there are no dice rolls required. Interesting. So, like, like from the base level, somebody who's just getting into cosplay, what's, yeah. the, what's the entry-level step from the makeup standpoint? From the makeup standpoint, what I would say the introductory step is really just kind of learning how to use the colors that work for you the best. Like what's your foundation color? How do you want to use say concealers to your advantage? What eyeshadow shades do you need to use to make your own eyes pop? It's just kind of just the baseline, just figuring out what's going to look best on you before you bring it into your cosplay. Hmm. Interesting. That that does seem like a pretty big, but uh, albeit, uh, important hurdle to overcome before you kind of dive any deeper. Yeah, it seems like it can be really intimidating to a lot of people. And when I was first getting started, the makeup was the most intimidating part. And oh, yeah. like, I'm really hoping that the way I'm going to present this is just going to break things down and let people know, hey, these are the products you can find and this is how you can use them. And maybe they'll leave my panel being a little less intimidating and more excited to try it and see it more as an art form, rather a hurdle. Mm. It is, it is intimidating because I'm sitting here trying to figure out like, what if I wanted to get into this, how would I even begin trying to figure out what palette would go to my skin? I guess what, what goes, what goes best on Zach's flesh? I think is what I'm trying to ask. (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of times that goes in with, if you go to a makeup store and you talk to a professional, um, they're usually really good at places like Ulta or the other makeup stores with looking at your skin and figuring out what type skin you've got, what shade that you would need the best. And a lot of it's trial and error. Like I've had a lot of fun doing trial and error and even just putting a makeup on my face and being like, Oh, that doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) But it's always really funny when you take a picture and realize how badly it doesn't work. (laughs) 
I uh, yeah. I have uh, precisely one funny makeup story. Um, I was I had just started working at Olive Garden recently. Uh, or uh, I mean, this was like. I don't know, Zach, when was this? Like 15 years ago? A decade or more, yeah. Yeah, something like that. And uh, I I had recently gone on a vacation with my wife to Florida. So we were there for like a week, you know, getting tan. And while we were there, we had an off day uh, from like doing Disney stuff. And we went and just kind of shopped. And I got some tattoo concealer it was like brand new from kat von d uh because at olive garden i could not have you could not have any tattoos showing at the time their policy may have changed by now but um yeah so here i am all tanned up getting a uh, a shade that is appropriate to put on my one wrist tattoo and uh i get back to tennessee and you know a week later it now (laughs) looks like a funny blotch on my wrist (laughs) because uh i got a shade that uh wasn't my uh natural shade um you can be the judge of whether that was actually fucking funny or not but i, I think that's kind of hilarious because i've done that without the tattoo yeah i i, f- I figured it's it's not necessarily a groundbreaking story but as a man <laughs> <It's-> who <laughs> yeah, as, uh, as, as a dude who doesn't regularly wear makeup yeah we, right, we, we've yeah. all seen that person, I think, out in the wild that you that you just think to yourself, mm, nobody in your life told you that that wasn't the right way to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, did you pick up a magazine from 2003, sweetheart? Yeah. <laughs> so hang on. So we got like the basics. So figure out what works for you. What's like that intermediate step? Because I see some pretty crazy stuff in the cosplay world, not just in the costuming, but in the makeup and the stuff that people can do with makeup you can literally transform a face so what's that like that intermediate step to me the intermediate step and it's a little bit on the easier side of intermediate but it would be like contouring learning how to do that and how to change your face shape because you can either contact to go with your own features or you can use those makeups to completely change how you look to a person and i've seen people who have like a round shaped face turn themselves into Angelina Jolie with real chiseled cheeks and they've got real soft features and it's incredible seeing what you can Mm. do with contour like there's that and then there's also just adding in some of the more extravagant eyeshadow like looks that people do getting a little more extravagant with that that also intermediate includes eyelashes to me um, and then you go in with some of your prosthetic pieces like fake scars some of your zombie makeups those to me are more intermediate the zombie makeup stuff. I dated a girl years. It was a lifetime ago, and she was really in to like the Halloween makeup, like doing the scars, and and mm-hmm. I, I'm not kidding, spending hours doing this stuff. And I am so impressed at what people are able to do with that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, think, it pretty it is pretty crazy. Yeah, to me, gore makeup is actually some of the most fun makeup. And I worked oh, at yeah, a haunted house for years, and. You had to learn how to do the makeup and learn how to do it fast. It doesn't always necessarily have to be good. Well, <laughs> but now um, we got to talk. Now we got to talk about that for a while. So, <laughs> so to, I don't want to spend like too much time on it. So, like, what was it like working in a haunted house? Did was makeup like your feature concern in that environment? Honestly, by the by the time that I was done working there, I kind of had my signature makeup that I would do down to within 25 minutes. Yeah. So 
really the worst part for working at a haunted house in general was just it was exhausting sometimes yeah because i worked at an outdoor um attraction and -hmm. it would get cold by the end of the season and i was in a room that was based off of that movie the evil dead right and so i had to just run around like a crazy person and bounce off the walls and basically be possessed to scare these groups so you're doing your own makeup (laughs) not other people so you're in charge of your own self yeah, I just did my own makeup and a couple of other people who might have struggled a little bit having time for it. But whenever you were really short for time, you just smeared some latex on, ripped it in places, and then dumped a bucket of blood on your head. Uh, Fake yeah. blood, let me specify. I bet I bet there's well, you don't have to, but I mean I bet there's like a lot of I bet there's a lot of flex in that environment to where you can just like, oh shit, I just rub some dirt on my face and I can get back out there for my next run. Like when you yeah. go into when you go to work in like a haunted house environment as an attraction piece, I don't and forgive me for the vernacular, I don't know. But yeah. when you go into that environment as an attraction piece, what are the qualifications for that? Um, the haunted house I worked at was the only qualification was being over the age of 18 and you had to sign a safety waiver. Fantastic. (laughs) I love that so much. So I could just rock up at one of these things. (laughs) Yeah. They just kind of, they had like a little, their own rule of conduct at the one I worked at where you kind of had to keep things within the PG ratings because we had a lot of children that would come through and church groups. Okay. So it's not like you can't go out there as Freddy Krueger and tell somebody that you're in my nightmare, bitch. You right. can't do that kind of thing <laughs> at that haunted house. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but right, you can right. um, you can scare the tar out of them, though. And that was always really funny. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Okay, yeah. so we did the beginning, the intermediate. Are there any, like, expert level tips or tricks that you've learned that you could, like, um, in- give to the, the newbie who's trying to get into this? I can try, but I'm not quite at expert level myself yet. So, um, we appreciate your consider, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I consider myself an enthusiast, and I've got mm-hmm. just mostly self-taught experience. Okay, And that's why I decided to do the panel in the first place, was because a lot of people are self-taught. But for mm-hmm. me, the expert levels are when you start breaking into full body paints and airbrush. Because mm-hmm. okay. airbrush, to me, is just a more difficult technique. And when you get the hang of it, it gets a lot easier. But just figuring out the right techniques when you're starting out there is so difficult and I still can't wrap my head around it sometimes. And then body paint. I did one of my first body paints about five years ago and it was terrible. And then in 2019, right before, you know, the world fell apart, um, Mm -hmm. I did Sylvanas Windrunner from world of Warcraft and that was a body paint and Mm -hmm. just, learning new techniques for that it was miles different but it was so much more difficult than anything i had done before how did that turn hmm. out um i won best prop in the uh, mtac cosplay contest that year okay and i've won a couple of other contests with that as well so the makeup <laughs> itself turned out really good that's good so they liked it if, if you had to give yourself a letter grade because we tend to be hardest on ourselves what would you give yourself um, for that makeup itself, I'd give myself probably an A minus because okay. I had to figure out some new techniques and they ended up working out really well for me. Okay. What about, um, so for the panel itself, when you're at MTech, what do you, what do you want to convey to like the layman that, cause the person who's just going to wander up to your booth, cause you obviously have, we'll call it above average experience. I'm going to call it expert. So what do you want, what do you want to, conv- what do you want to convey to the layman? Well, I just want 
everybody, no matter what their experience level or if they've never even considered makeup before, to leave my panel willing and excited to try it and to be not intimidated or afraid to go out and, you know, make a few mistakes with makeup. Because, I mean, you can wipe it off at the end of the day if you don't like what you're doing and try again. And right. that's kind of what I want to do, want to convey is that every single part of makeup is something you can do. And all it takes is just a little bit of practice and playing with it. It's like Play-Doh. You play with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, do uh, so. I, I have this question. Um, do you think makeup is uh, becoming one of those things uh, where you don't necessarily need to go to like beauty school for anymore? Or like, like there, there's a lot of fields like, like the tech field is kind of like this where if you're good, you don't necessarily need a piece of paper that says I'm good or that I like, I, I spent money to, to learn how to do this. Like, you know, it, it's more about the portfolio and like showing you know, uh, having a physical display of your capabilities is, uh, is the makeup and beauty industry kind of like that right now? In my opinion, I think it is. Yes. Cause there's a lot of creative people out there who don't have any educational experience and they're still out right. there doing incredible makeup looks. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they're doing Hollywood level special effects makeups and yeah. there's plenty of professional makeup artists in Hollywood that may not have gone to school. And then there's a lot of them that went through like the full cosmetology degree and everything. So it just depends on your own comfort level and your own skill level. Hmm. But yeah, it's, it's just like most any other art form where you don't have to go to school, but it helps sometimes. Hmm. Right. It's, just kind of, yeah. it's kind of fungible. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's it more, it very much seems like one of those, like your results may vary and you know, you kind of go at your own speed. Like for me, like the, there was no substitute for a classroom, you know, and being able to reach out to a physical person and be like, Hey, yeah. fucking help me with this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, but like, you know, with the power of the internet nowadays, like the people that learn best that way, you know, it's just, it, it seems like yeah. there's just endless possibilities. Yeah. And, you know, at some point you can have a full set of education, but then somebody who has twice that amount of time in just good experience, they may get a job, whereas somebody with the education may not. Mm. And yeah. that's just where that varies. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think, you, I think depending on where you want to wind up and how you want to get there, I think we live in a world where especially our generation. I don't, I don't know how old you are, but I know me and David's age, but if you want to do something, if you're a magician, if you're a rapper, if you're a cosmetologist, we're at the show me generation, get mm, on TikTok, yeah. get on YouTube, get on Instagram reels and fucking show me because yeah. I think that's where a lot of success is being made outside of the traditional gen X boomer generation where you got to go to school. You got to get this degree. You got to get this training or I think it's changing. I think it, mm -hmm. I think that has, a, I, th I think that definitely has its place probably in a lot of professional environments. But if someone was just starting out, I would almost tell my daughter, if she wanted to be a cosmetologist, I'd be like, okay, go learn and put yourself out there and, and, yeah. and, tr and try, fail, get embarrassed, but put yourself out there and don't quit doing yeah. it. Now with cosmetology, the difference with that and make like just makeup artistry is cosmetology. When you're dealing with the chemicals and scissors and stuff like that, I think a lot of times they need you to have certifications and it's easiest to get that through a school. 
right yeah i think <laughs> yeah because isn't cosmetology like doesn't that uh encompass like a lot more than just makeup like that's like oh hair, yeah hair styling like and chemistry and... in that too yeah oh, oh yeah okay. right right yeah there you go. yeah i yeah. i know there's uh my uh um my sister-in-law she went through i, I think it was cosmetology school and uh it's it's no joke um yeah you, they do you they learn, learn incredible things oh yeah for sure um well is there anything else that we haven't covered yet that you would like to uh, make known about your panel um to our listeners and potential panel attendees um just come in with an open mind and get ready to have fun <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a plan to me. Love it. Um, yeah, I am, uh, Sydney, I'm going to do my best to to make it to your panel. Uh, I, I think my whole MTAC weekend is just going to be about panels. And then, like, I'll, I'll hang out with friends at night <laughs> whenever. Hey, that's the way you do MTAC. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And how how excited are you about the, uh, the new venue change this year? Are I'm really interested to see how well it's going to work out. From me what too. I can tell, it looks really beautiful. So it's going to work so well for cosplayers in their photos yeah i actually worked at the uh the building on the tennessean building um mm-hmm. that's right on the other side of the bridge for uh several years and we watched uh them blow to shit the uh the, the buildings and uh like the lifeway building and stuff um so uh, that was very interesting to watch all that go down and then go up um, so this, that explains why I'm getting lost in Nashville now, because the Lifeway building used to be a landmark. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it used to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. People who, who don't go by like north, west, east, south directions, they're like, where's the Lifeway building? Oh, OK. Well, now I know where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, that was me back in the day. Exactly. And and now it's a, you know, a Grand Hyatt. So what are you going to do? It's Nashville. <laughs> You know, just have a map. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. Good thing we all have a, a tiny computer in our pockets now. Yeah, I don't even have to remember my math classes. Exactly. Uh, you know, that's the beauty of it. Um, well, Sydney, thank you so much for, for coming in and talking about your uh, panel. Um, well, thanks for having me. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and uh, like I said, um, um, hopefully I'll be, be able to uh, jump in there at least for a couple seconds. I just got a uh, an email notification that I got approved for a press badge. So hopefully I'll be able to awesome. like, hop in and out of panels like uh. a little bit easier than regular attendees. So um, you fancy, so, yeah. huh? I know, right? <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs> uh, but yes, once again, thank you, Cindy. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, well, why don't you go ahead and take a second to introduce yourself and give a uh, synopsis or uh, uh, a brief description on your panel that you're holding at MTech. All right. Okay. So my name is Deku. I am the host of the panel. I have been doing this for since 2019. So about technically one year at this point in the con. Um, and we provide a safe space mm-hmm. for children and adults to come and relax for as long as they need to. So uh, when they come to uh to your space to relax sorry relax (laughs) um you have you guys have uh, certain kinds of activities and uh crafting and stuff that they can do correct 
Yes, and they can also take photos with hobbyists and professional mermaids. Um, obviously, some of us are a little bit younger than others and can't be professionally trained yet just because of age and restrictions and stuff. But but the the main thing is like your panel is um, uh, or your event is centered around um, mermaids and mermaid culture, correct? Yes, technically, if they have questions they want to ask, they can. Um, there's a bunch of mermaid-themed crafts, like sea-themed, stuff like that. Um, we have these um, shoeboxes that people make into mm-hmm. treasure chests. And some of the people that did it last year just absolutely blew me away with the quality of their work. And yeah, and we're holding a giveaway, I think. Yeah, a giveaway for a p- prizes. And we have... Um, a draw like little Easter eggs of prizes for the kids. Okay. That's fun. So just a heads up for listeners. We were uh, trying to record this and knock this out yesterday, but we ran into some technical issues. Um, you were telling us uh, a little bit yesterday about the, the prizes and stuff that you had lined up. Um, you want to go over those again? Okay. Um, jeez, oh, I don't remember everything she said at the top of my head. But from what I remember about the adult prize, it is a giant egg filled with a bunch of goodies like candy. Um, There's some makeup brushes in there. I think she said there's a custom mask made in there. Um, But that's all I remember. So it's just going to be a surprise. (laughs) For the kid prizes, we have some like little, little toys like mermaids. If boys come, there's like some little trucks and stuff usually. Um... They're put away, so I don't remember exactly what we got. Because we got a lot of this back in uh, 2020 before Imtac got canceled. So, Yeah, a lot of us had plans to uh, to do certain things back two years ago at Imtac. And then all those plans got squashed. Yeah. But hey, that'll just make this year even better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. So, uh, is there any other information that uh, you would like to uh, to illuminate for our listeners and your potential um, panel attendees? I will tell you this: like the way it's worded and described on the t- the programming makes it seem like it's geared only towards kids. Um, it is not. Anyone can come, even if you don't have a child with you. Um, you are more than welcome to come. The, the more the merrier. Um, I'm just hoping we don't have a small room last year uh, like we did last year. Um, because the last time they they honestly didn't think it was going to do well because it was just like one of those like, oh, who would want to just sit and do crafts for like an hour? Um, I think our total turnout was like 80 to 100 something. So um, fingers crossed we have a bigger room this year and can accommodate wow. more people. So. So yeah, so like, please don't let it yeah. deter you. If we do have a small room, we will make you fit inside <laughs> of it somehow. <laughs> well, that's 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 a great turnout, uh, by the way, eighty to one hundred. Um, I mean, that's that's fantastic. And oh, like yeah, especially because it was the the first year, and it was just like an out of the blue panel of like, hey, there is not much for kids to do here, like kids get bored too and they get tired and no one likes dealing with tired fussy kids for three days straight and lack of sleep (laughs) yep 
I, uh, uh, speaking as a, uh, a husband and father of two children, um, I can certainly relate to, uh, dealing with cranky kids. So yeah. yeah. Um, from, from someone that can speak from personal experience, I very much appreciate what you and your, uh, co-panelists are doing with this, like providing a space where, um, anyone of all ages can go and just chill for an hour or so um, and kind of get away from the con craziness. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I get it myself because like I, I am autistic. So I'm just like oh, big clouds, lots of loud noises. Mm -hmm. um, it does not bode well sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally get it. Um, uh, both of my uh, kids are on the spectrum and we, uh, my son, he has a hearing sensitivity. Uh, so we, we never leave the house without a pair of, uh, headphones, like ear earmuffs. Like, um, I mean, they're, they're made for kids, but you know, he, we have a pair that stays in the car 100% of the time. Um, just so yeah. we have it for emergencies because we have been burned before and never again. Yeah. And plus, it's just nice to get to sit down for an hour. <laughs> like right. If, yeah. Sitting is yeah. also nice. <laughs> yeah. Like, even if, like, even if you don't really want to do anything with the panels and just, like, come and talk to the mermaids and, like, ask questions and stuff, like, you can still come and sit down. Like, I don't mind. Okay. Well, uh, Deku, thank you so much for, for joining us, uh, this evening and talking a little bit about your panel and enlightening our guests and our listeners and potential MTAC, uh, guests and, and panel attendees on your panel. Yeah, of course. Awesome. Well, we will talk to you soon. Okay. All right. See you later. All right, so we are off. Uh, Robin, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey, so uh, I am Rockin' Robin Traveler of the Traveler Troop. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm here to talk about uh, some of the panels I'm doing, I suppose. Uh, Rockin' Robin of the was just Traveler Group? Yeah, of the Traveler Troop. Traveler Troop, sorry, I apologize. Uh, I, I have ADHD and you will, <laughs> you will come to learn that very quickly. Uh, wh what is the Traveler Troop? So quick? the Traveler Troop consists of myself, Robin Traveler, my wife, Pepper Traveler, and then uh, a host of other uh, friends and associates and, and people that help with our productions, um, okay. so like stage managers, that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, and, and these folks, are they also directly or indirectly uh, involved in the panels for MTAC? Uh, so for a lot of them, yeah, I have uh, an assistant, luckily, uh, who helps me to keep my head on straight oh, that's uh, nice. for the majority of these. And then I have a couple of cast members for a couple ones um, that are in more direct participation with audience. Nice. Excellent. Um, so we were chatting uh, just before we hit record. You... Um, you had a bunch of panels um, that uh, when we first started chatting uh, a couple weeks ago, and they just assigned you a couple more uh, for, for MTAC weekend. Yeah, they gave me the opportunity to do a couple more of my old favorites, right. um, which I'm super grateful for. So so when um, you said you're 
pretty much used to hosting this many panels for uh, for either MTAC or I'm not I'm not sure if you do other uh, conventions as well. But uh, it, so, do you basically just go to conventions for the panels? Like, is that what uh, your your main thing is for? Cons? Yeah, I, I'd say the 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 rush of the performance is is a big factor in that. Um, I also enjoy just the general atmosphere and camaraderie. Uh, of course, recent times have made that a little bit rough. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, that, I, I mostly go for, for between. I do some cosplay, but mostly it, it's for the, the, the sense of community as well as those panels. Yeah, uh, I, I used to go uh, to cons strictly for like the, like you said, the, the, the camaraderie and getting to see just all of my friends in one place um for it, it was like the one time a year that it, it's like a congregation christmas basically and uh, and to like people watch uh like cosplay style uh it's a lot of fun but here recently um minus the pandemic years uh, i've been going for uh, panels i've been trying to check out some new ones and go to the uh the old ones that people put on uh, year after year that just never get old um but uh, I don't believe I've been to any of your panels, which is a good segue into you telling us a little bit about the panels that uh, you are offering this year. So I'll go ahead and, and give you just the, the quick little rundown of uh, sure. all 10 that I'm doing. And then <laughs> we'll talk about uh, any that interest you or anything like that. Absolutely. Um, so we're doing uh, Made the Role Playing Game. Uh, we have an improv project called Sokyoban, a Who's Line-esque panel. Uh, we have the Late Night Dawes, which is a good little cutesy uh, time to just kind of veg out. A Kids Bop dance party um, that we're putting on. Nice. Uh, my beloved wife is putting on a Disney sing-along hosted by Princess Anna. Uh, of course, we have uh, panels made easy, which is just me teaching you, you know, how to do what I'm doing. Uh, Robin's Rantings, um, in which I get to yell and scream about uh, everything that, that bothers you as a person, not me. Uh, so it's extra fun. Gunpla for beginners. Uh, and then we're also doing the hentai tea party. And then, of course, everybody's favorite, Poker Church. Uh, yeah, I believe Poker Church was the one that um, you brought up uh, either first and foremost or just uh, highlighted. I, I remember at the beginning of our conversation, um, it definitely uh, it definitely rings a bell as far as one that I've heard of. Um, and I think I've heard of a couple others as well, but I'm interested to hear a little bit more about Poker Church. So uh, Poker Church was originally designed just to be a discussion about the um, the in-game religion like Arceus and, you know, the, the different things we can kind of piece together using the games about what religion looks like in the Pokemon world. Mm-hmm. Um, but since then, it has rapidly and, and completely taken about a, a bit of a 180 um, to being an actual church service uh, revolving <laughs> around the Pokemon world. Um, it's, it's kind of taken on a life of its own, including, you know, multiple like actual character work and, and a whole lot of fun. Um, I do baptisms. I do, <laughs> I do confessions, which are great. The confessional is amazing. Uh, I bless new trainers on their first journeys, all kinds of good stuff. Wow. I've, I've been asked to officiate weddings with this. I've baptized babies and puppies and it's all kinds of madness. Um, but it's, it's an amazing time filled with, uh, 
a lot of, you know, I try to sneak in some morals here and there, but mostly it's really good puns. <laughs> Uh, well, as dad and a man, I am a, a huge fan of a pun, uh, but that honestly, that all sounds like a ama- uh, sounds really amazing to me. Um, and I don't, it, like, it's, I just find it really fun when things start out a certain way and then just evolve or devolve into madness. Uh, but in a good way, like they, they kind of become something that you never really thought was imaginable, but in the best way possible. Yeah. I mean, through poker church, I've actually, you know, been able to, to do some wild things just within the con community itself, as well as give thousands of dollars to charity over the course of the, uh, yeah. Over the course of the span of the program. That's, that's awesome. Um, I, uh, I spoke with, uh, actually one of my first interviews, uh, doing these mini sessions was with, uh, Tawny. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, but, um, name rings a bell. Uh, let's see. What's her last name? Tawny Foster. Um, she, is, uh, she runs the, the, uh, the charity wing of MTAC. Um, right. Yes. And she, uh, so you know, it it was less of a panel discussion with her, but yeah, she she talked about all the uh, the the charity work she's done. But this isn't about her; it's about you. She had her time. Um, <laughs> would would you say Polka Church is your favorite, or uh, are they kind of like your children, where it's hard to pick a favorite? Or it's no, it's impossible? it's not hard to pick favorites. I mean, there's some that that are definitely like more worth the effort, and mm. and I come out of like with that that good adrenaline rush you yeah, get from a good high. performance. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a, there's a couple that I get that from. Okay. Um, Polka Churches is, is definitely actually one of the longest running because I've been running that since I think 2014. Yeah, oh, wow. 2014 okay. was the first year that that ran. Um, so it's it's been around for a hot minute between uh, a KaiCon, MTAC, and then a couple of other smaller cons that it's appeared at as well. Okay. Um, it, are you uh, are you doing it at a KaiCon this year? This year, no. Um, okay. Uh, I haven't been approached by any of their uh, their people for that. Um, I'm actually going to be working at a KaiCon for uh, the the record label uh, that okay. I work for. So. Oh, nice! Yeah, all uh, I'm going to be at a KaiCon this year as a uh, as a, uh, an artist or vendor. Uh, I don't, awesome. I don't okay, know. so I, we'll be in the same room then. <laughs> so right, I'll just wave yeah. you across. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm splitting a a corner booth with uh, someone that I met at. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of GalaxyCon. Um, it was once upon a time in Louisville uh, a couple years ago, and um, yeah. So, uh, so so you got Poker Church. What, what are some of the other favorites that that you do? So uh, the the Sokyoban, um, which is an improv Who's Line esque kind of thing, is actually making its debut at MTAC. Super excited and proud of that. Nice. Um, we're actually about to put out our questionnaire for that. Okay. Um, so that way, you know, we can save a little time, skim a little off the top. And uh, already have those suggestions ready. I have a third party that's taking care of that for me, so that I don't actually see anything. Okay, so that's gonna be great. But we can weed out any, you know, things that don't need to be in the panel. Sure. Yeah. Is that an all ages kind of thing? That one is all ages. Yes. Gotcha. I'd say a good fifty percent of our stuff is guaranteed family friendly. Okay. Um, the ranting panel, I put a warning on just for language, but I don't plan on doing anything, you know, raunchy. Right. Right. Uh, and then made RPG is going to be uh, likely a late night event. Sure. Um, as as playing uh, the the most buck wild role playing game ever written can definitely be sometimes. Sure. Yeah. That 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 makes perfect sense. Um, 
<clears throat> let's see. So the um, the whose line is it anyway type panel, is that your only new one that you're debuting this year? Uh, I've actually got a couple of other new ones on here. Uh, my Gunpla for Beginners, which is talking about uh, building model kits. Um, okay. is brand new so it's one of my more relaxed ones and then um panels made easy is technically an old concept but it's completely reworked and, and renewed hmm. um it used to be called how to panel better okay uh, but i've i'm switching the aspect of it uh definitely more from an organizational standpoint to more of a performance aspect to help out people okay. that's where i've seen a lot of a lot of lag in the in the uh the panels that i've seen that's uh that's very interesting um i I don't know if I've ever heard about a panel about panels. And, it's a and very meta it, concept. It, it very, it, it very much is, but at the same time, very necessary. Uh, I, I have been to a lot of panels and for the most part, they've all been excellent and very entertaining, very funny uh, when they're meant to be funny. Uh, and then sometimes funny when they're not meant to be funny. Uh, but yeah, uh, there, there have been uh, a small handful that have, been... Maybe could use a little boost, and that's that's sure. the, that's what it's there for. Um, I've been doing uh, you know theater since I was five, so that's twenty five years mm. um, so of of consistent work there, not including my own freelance comedy work. Sure. So we you know we give back where we can, and I figured like that's a place that I can definitely help out. Excellent. Yeah. Um, do, do you do uh, any stand up comedy? So that's kind of where Robin's Rants comes in a bit. Okay. Um, it's it's like a free form almost stand up. Okay. Uh, in, in which basically a lot of my subjects, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have the, obviously the standards. There's going to be people who are upset about cosplayers clogging hallways mm -hmm. and other little things oh, and, and people arguing sub over dub and things like that. Just mild frustrations that I think everybody would appeal to, um, that I'll be able to harp on, you know, for you, sure, um, which can be a lot of fun as for pure standup. Uh, I've done it in the past, um, at conventions, but, uh, not this time. Sure. Uh, so, uh, I guess possible hot take, uh, what, what is your thoughts on sub, uh, versus dub? Oh, I watch both. I watch, uh, okay. subtitled dubs. Oh, okay. Uh, so <laughs> interesting. Uh, my wife is deaf. Oh, okay. um, so even, even with their hearing aid, we just watch it with both. Cause it's just more convenient, honestly, sure. and who has the attention for, for either at this point. So I need both. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I typically go with, um, with subs, uh, because I, I generally like the, the experience of hearing the original voice actors, but I totally understand the merit and, you know, hearing the, the, uh, you know, the U S speaking native voice actors and seeing what they're bringing to the table. And, and yeah. And of course so. you have, you know, different aspects with vocal direction. Um, I was talking with a, a coworker of mine, actually just a couple days ago about uh, Dragon Ball Z mm -hmm. and how the, not only voice tracking is completely different, but also the music tracking mm -hmm. um, for certain scenes just completely changes uh, the perspective on it. So yeah, having, you know, options for votes is definitely great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. Um, well, considering we uh, you have ten panels to to take care of MTAC weekend, we've we've kind of blown through uh, a lot of information in a very short period of time. Uh, is there any other uh, information about your panels or about yourself that you'd like to make aware to, yeah, to sure. our listeners so, and potential uh, panel goers? Sure. So I I do have um, some socials that you can follow, of course. 
Yeah. Uh, there is the Rock and Robin Facebook page. Um, I mean, as well as my own personal Facebook, if we're all being honest here. Mm-hmm. Um, the second I have the, the schedules out, I'll be making events for those, um, as well as posting a full schedule. And then uh, one last that I don't think I got to touch on enough is I'm doing one called the Hentai Tea Party. Yes. Yeah. I uh, I remember you talking about that one. Yeah. I that like, one. I, I want to know a little bit more about that one. <laughs> so in, in that one, um, we're going to be having a nice time uh, dressed as fancy as, as the hosts can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I, I, I have a princess dress back there that I'm probably going to end up in. Um, sipping tea and watching raunchy, raunchy pornography <laughs> and pretending like it's nothing. So th- what you're saying is this is absolutely an all ages panel. Absolutely. You know, bring your kids, bring your grandma, you know, definitely. Come on. This should be your first thing you do when you get to the con, honestly. <laughs> right. Is, yeah. is go watch the nastiest porn you can find. Yeah. It'd be like, hey, grandma, do you enjoy watching people get ravaged by tentacles? No? All right. Well, then this well, is for you. Come here. This is the pl- let's let's change your mind. Let's learn a little bit about it. It's actually just 45 minutes of Drew Carey telling jokes. Here we go. Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, we're going to be having a good time with that. Um, there is a couple of little mini games that are going to be played during that. Uh, and we'll see We'll see what comes of that one. I've done it uh, at one other con before, mm-hmm. and it was a, a very fun time there. So I'm sure it's going to be great at M-Tech. Yeah, it, it sounds like a blast. All of your panels sound amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that I can carve out time for at least one or two of them. It's going to be a very, uh, like yourself, for me, it's going to be a very busy weekend because um, it will be uh, the first time in uh, two years, like similar to basically everyone that will be going. It'll be like two years since I've seen a lot of people. Uh, and, you know. Uh, yeah, I got I got real lucky. Con Nuga hit. In February of 2020, so it was right before everything locked down. Oh yeah, right before we were just like, wait a minute, we need to be careful. <laughs> so I, I had a bit of a, a debaucherous time at that one, but yeah, I'm I'm ready and raring to go again. I've I've actually been stuck at home just making panels for funsies. Okay, that tells uh, you how mad I've gone. <laughs> I I think it's safe to say we've all gone a little mad uh, these past uh, two years, uh, which you know. It, the madness and the the possible weight gain; um, those are two things that are are totally free. They're they're given, and no one can fault you for either of them, uh, at all. <laughs> that, that's the law. <laughs> uh, at least uh, that's that's my opinion. It should be the law. So, um, well, Robin, thank you so much for coming on here and uh, talking about your panels uh, and and informing us about them and given us something to look forward to. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm very excited to check out a couple of them. Um, one more time, uh, socials uh, where people can, can find you. So right now it's uh, Rockin' Robin on Facebook is, is the page there. Okay. Um, I don't think we have a Twitter yet. And <laughs> then it's uh, Zaku Princess on, uh, on Twitch. Okay. Um, and once I get enough followers there, Poker Church uh, is likely to actually become a, uh, a mainstay reoccurring event. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. So that'll be fun. That's exciting. Awesome. Well, uh, once again, Robin, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. And uh, we will see you at MTAC in a couple weeks. Sounds great. All right.
All right, so I'm not saying that I saved the best for last, but uh, <clears throat> I saved the best for last. Um, so, <laughs> as, as far as last people go, I certainly am last. <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, we are joined by Mac Elder, uh, the the last and certainly not least panelist that I am interviewing for these little MTAC 2022 mini sessions. Uh, how are you doing, Mac Elder? Oh, you know, things are good. Um, we are, uh, at this point in terms of recording, we're a week away and, mm-hmm. uh, I wrapped up, um, what I think my, I've checked audio levels on one of my panels, but I wrapped up number one of six. So I, <laughs> I'm, I'm just still adding. And the problem is you, you get into like a thing where you find new stuff and you're like, Oh, I need to add that. So I got to mm-hmm. bump all the rest of this stuff. And that is to say that I've got, I got six panels coming up for, for MTAC and they all, uh, they got to get done. Like I could give them now, I could give five of the six now and you probably wouldn't notice that they're not finished. But that last one, (laughs) that's a, that's a true telling of genius right there is when you can just, you know, at the drop of a hatch, boom, like, here you go. Here's a couple panels for you. (laughs) Well, it's, it's a lot of them and we'll get into this. Uh, Some of these have, are making a return engagement, but um, I've taken the time off to really rethink uh, how I wanted to present, um, like present the information, mm-hmm. what worked, what didn't, what's a, a weird lull, what's through people, what, what, what else have I learned since 2019, which was the last time we were able to all get together and give these panels, right. which is crazy to think about that. It's been three years now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it really is nuts. Um, I'm, I'm so excited to get back in there and, and to watch, uh, you know, some of your, some of your panels, some, uh, some of the ones that I've never seen before, uh the the one that i always die laughing at um which i i will i, I won't spoil i'll let you explain oh, because right. it's much you know more appropriate but so the you know what we've been doing uh with all these mini sessions especially for uh, folks like you who have a whole slew like you said you have six um i'll give you um a couple minutes to kind of run through all of them and give like a quick elevator pitch for all of them and then after that we will dedicate you know a a bigger slice of time for you to elaborate on one or two of those that you are either particularly proud of or worked like extra hard on um and uh yeah we'll go from there all right Uh, then let's just do it in terms of uh first on the schedule to last on the schedule because they've got a I start two o'clock on Friday. Actually, this is two fifteen on Friday. Okay. Make your way over to panel B for the first of our series. In uh, it's called America Gives, which uh, sorry, America Give exclamation okay. point uh, Western influences in anime, and that's um, that's me talking from the silent film era on. We go for, sort of like from the influx of silent cinema into Japan all the way to the release of Titanic. So that's about uh, about a hundred years give or take of uh, cinema history in an hour. We touch on uh, the Westerns of John Ford on Orson Welles on Akira Kurosawa and Yasujiro Ozu on the uh, way Japanese cinema was presented um, before world war two, uh, world war two and it's Im- and the immediate aftermath impact on uh, Japanese art in- as a whole on, um, on their culture, on everything like that. So it's going to be a, that's a really wide ranging uh time and i think it's i think it's my most academic of all of these but i really really love giving this because it allows me to touch on things that i think are instrumental to a greater understanding of anime but also are never talked about here like mm-hmm. how often do you have somebody sit down and be like let's all talk about the searchers and i think i i think you got to know about jalen ford if you're going to know anything about really being 
a deep dive fan of not just anime, but of sci-fi of, of any sort of American, uh, American genre as well. So I think this really plays back and forth. I think it's, it's a lot of fun to do and it allows me to go really far deep into the archives. I'm showing some great, uh, silent Japanese cinema. Uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, American films that were worldwide hits, uh, some stuff where it's just direct Japanese ripoffs that have gotten sort of gotten away with it for years. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea that like I go through and I'm like, all right, so here's stuff from, uh, early Westerns and, uh, here's the exact same shot in a anime you watched last week. Uh, that sort of thing. Um, second panel, uh, six o'clock, uh, six fifteen. Panel E. Genesis does gaming in the nineties, and you are a child of the late eighties and early nineties, like me. So you yep. had a you had a say in the Genesis versus Nintendo fight. Um, yeah. Which side were you? Uh, I uh, I actually had both. Uh, but nice. Yeah, I I wasn't of the age where I really like preferred one over the yeah. other or uh, we weren't also weren't in a financial position to be <laughs> picky we so yeah. my my dad bought us the nes um and then later on i had like i think when when sega did the the upgraded bit version like the 16 or 32 bit whatever, yeah. whatever whenever they upgraded then we got the the sega genesis the genesis which i think um this is gonna be a fun one because uh I really did shift my opinions on Sega and the Genesis a lot while writing it this year. Okay. I think this Interesting. Is gonna be a, this is coming back. This was last done in 2017, I think. It's been a couple of years oh, wow. since I've gotten to give this panel. Okay. And it's just a straight history. As much as I do straight histories, there's a lot of like, I don't editorialize, but I do throw in facts that some people tend to conveniently ignore while talking mm-hmm. about these things. Sure. There is a bit. I found a telegram, an actual, a, a actual, honest to God telegram sent from the head of Nintendo to the head of Sega, and uh, I'm going to read it out loud <laughs> to the to the assembled audience. And I don't think anyone will ever see Nintendo in the same light ever again. Um, I'm very much looking forward to that. <laughs> this this is great. It's great. I'm going to show all the old commercials. Uh, Paul Rudd makes a cameo because he was in the first ad for the Super Nintendo ever. That's right. I. I... Yeah. I I'm almost positive I've seen that before, but uh, I I can't remember when it was and how long ago it was. Probably but... like when it was on TV in between <laughs> ads for Power Rangers or whatever. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's 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 so great to go back because I was a big I was a big gaming. That thing was my peak of gaming was 16 bit mm-hmm. era. It was you know was the was the Super Nintendo and the Genesis. So right. to go back and talk really candidly about how much I love this area this era of gaming. And then um, also talk about how Nintendo might have caused the war on terror to happen. Um, that's that's in there. I think that there's there's a real there's some interesting political mass backdoor machinations in this. There's all sorts of stuff about the systems that could have been mm-hmm. about why the Genesis never really took off in Japan. I'm super excited to give this one. This is this is going to be really exciting. Plus, I get to show the old Genesis commercial that Genesis does. You can't do this on Nintendo, which is <laughs> went free in my head for like the last 32 years. <laughs> um, Amazing. 845, America get Japanese animation invades the States. That's in panel A. And this is sort of my signature one. Um, this is from 1963 onwards. The story of how ad- anime first got sold into the United States. I've done some real heavy research on this one, found the autobiography of the first guy to ever sell anime into America and like read through the whole thing, found his eyewitness account of it. We're going to talk like really like just stuff that 
stuff that has been really interesting for me. I've been evolving this particular panel for the last now six or seven years. This was one. This was the first one I ever gave at MTAC, and uh, this is a much more evolved version of it. I've got done a lot of more research on this. I've got a lot more smaller pieces in here. Um, we do a lot of stuff about uh, basic cable in the same time. We're going to take a little bit of a trip into Nickelodeon and what they were doing at that point. Really, I'm just very, I'm I'm really interested to see how people who have seen this talk before register the new information that's in there and the new format that we're giving it. Um, so awesome. I, that my 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 history brain loves this one, and hopefully you're really going to love it too. Um, yeah, uh, I'm I'm willing to bet that I fucking will uh, <laughs> be, <laughs> because I like I don't necessarily thoroughly enjoy talking about contemporary uh like gaming because i i'm just not a uh like an avid gamer like I, i'm a i'm more yeah. of a hobbyist when it comes to gaming but i love talking about retro gaming and games that i grew up with and well, and, the, and yeah. the history of the gaming industry to me is absolutely fascinating i think um, all of these like we don't we took totally for granted like the shows that we watched the games that we watched the toys that we had um why why did they exist why were we why was our childhood like this and that's right. going to be both genesis does and america get are about why your 80s 90s childhood was like this in the first place right and yeah, exactly. i think that's 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 what i'm interested in i want to know how it was made because right now like i'm not watching that much like i know mm -hmm. i know there's stuff out there that's great like sure i'm sure it's great but I like I, I just want to bring history to people and I, I think that it's a really interesting living thing and I'm, I'm really excited about that right yeah I'm excited but too Saturday is where the real crazy shit happens mm -hmm. with me yeah um, it is 430 panel B who are your influences this I've built this up as a audience participation panel okay I'm gonna start it off I'm gonna show a slide that says how many people want to hear about cowboys how many people want to hear about Indians if we pick Cowboys, it's going to be five minutes about John Ford, all that sort of stuff. Indians, we're going to talk about Indian Indian religious influence in anime from 1980 to the present. So Indians meaning like Dragon Ball Z and its connection to the Rig Veda and like all that sort of stuff. And maybe we'll touch about Bollywood a little bit. But every five minutes or so during this, I'm going to call out a new two topics and we'll do a voice vote. Um, but in there are... Um, in there is, I just finished up a segment about musical plagiarism, about anime theme songs that were ripped off from other famous pop songs. I, uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear more about that because that's going to be fun. Yeah. I, I've heard, I've actually seen like a couple articles, like come across my timeline where, yeah, that uh, that's happens. And do you remember that song? Nothing's going to stop us now by starship um it was the yes. theme song to mannequin yeah uh, uh yeah and i've looked up the new version of legend of the galactic heroes and i listened to it and then i i've now done a thing where i split it left side so left uh side is galactic heroes right side is starship mm -hmm. and we're gonna play them at the exact same time and they just sync up perfectly <laughs> and we're gonna do that for like five minutes and just play various things like that we're talking weird puppet shows we're talking toy lines we're talking like what video games were just totally ripped off of movies that you'd never even heard of from the 80s right you know, just all these like like all your favorite final fantasy characters and where they actually came from and it's going to be it's going to be an hour of user guided 
uh, panel. So, you know, you, you just have people shout out what they want to hear about next. And we're just going to spend an hour rolling through all this craziness and all of these things that I've just uncovered in my years of being an anime fan. Um, that sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. It's almost like a curated uh, choose your own adventure kind of thing. Yes. With, I was, yeah. uh, like on rails. Like, so. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I don't know. You yeah. will hit a point where it says, all right, you know, well, you've already seen this one, so we got to see this one now. Like, because I right. can't make that many more. But there is a bit about how a forgotten Jackie Chan movie is the reason why you have beat em up video games now. <laughs> uh, that's not Police Story, is it? No, but Police okay. Story, Police Story fucking rules, first it of all. It really that does. Movie is, that movie is great. Yeah, our, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, our, our mutual friend, uh, Ted White, the old co-host of the podcast, he uh, uh, he uh, didn't force me to watch the movie, but he um, strongly suggested that I do so that we could cover it whenever we did Kung Fu uh, or Martial Arts uh, Month yeah. a while back, and Boy, am I glad I did, because that movie fucking rules. <laughs> it also has one of my favorite Jackie injuries, which is where he rides those, uh, the the lights down. The lights, and he, yeah, in the mall, yeah. And he, yeah. And he burned his hands nearly oh, off yeah. because they were there was too much electricity. I mean, what? but the, it, spoiler, uh, the movie I'm talking about is Wheels on Meals, which is the <laughs> one where he plays a food truck operator in Spain with Sammo Hung. Oh my God, uh, amazing. Which eventually got a video game adaptation but over here, they renamed it to Kung Fu because, you know, sure. Why not? Why not? Uh, and it was one of the launch games for the Nintendo. And I'll just I'm going to go through like the the telephone game that went from Jackie makes a hilarious movie in Spain to this humorless beat em up that becomes like the template for every humorless beat em up. <laughs> and that was for the original NES. That was one of the launch games for the original NES. Yeah. Holy shit. Wow. It might have been like the first like two months in like Gyromite, Duck Hunt uh clue clue land and kung fu like right at the beginning uh, was that the the u.s launch or the japan launch uh the u.s launch like because okay. the u.s launch was two years after the right, japanese yeah. launch so mm. so the famicom had like that extra two years of stuff yeah. um and sort of the, to work the kinks out so they only launched the best games on this yeah um there were a couple that like did never got a an american release and i'm going to talk about that very quickly during genesis does because the the prologue i sort of cover how Nintendo saved everybody from the game crash. And mm. then we'll go into the 16 bit and how all that stuff happened. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm very excited to hear about that and too. Now you said you wanted the two that I'm most excited about. Mm-hmm. Well, the two I'm most excited about are the ones right at the end. Of course. Excellent. Because yes. at age 45, if you go to the otaku ball, you're a sucker because <laughs> I'm going to be in panel B presenting Nicholas Cage, <laughs> loves pachinko Western stars versus Japanese commercials, Hell which yeah. I have completely redone for this year. I say it's of the 50 minutes. I think it's about 40 minutes, new material. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a lot. Yeah, I, I completely redid it. There's some you're going to recognize, but I got new copies whenever I could upgrade. Like if I found a different, uh, like a new source for it or a better tape, mm-hmm. I went and I re- resourced it. So everything, the only thing I couldn't find new copies for were three of the five Nicolas Cage commercials, but I found like DVD quality copies of the other ones. Okay. So it now shifts between taken from a VHS rip to real player to MP4 to your computer screen. <laughs> and then there's one that just came right off of like a three quarter inch tape from, from, a, from a, a Japanese, a Japanese company. Um, right. But it's, yeah, okay. So who's, who's featured this year? 
Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, Bruce Willis, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. We've got uh, celebrities in cars. We've got uh, great pop music acts of the 80s. We have nothing but the 80s, which is just going to be uh, full. Like every every commercial, which could only have been made in the 1980s, is going to be shown at the same time. Uh, what are they selling is coming back. We're doing it even more like an old game show. Mm-hmm. It's They're going to be even more impossible. You got Quentin Tarantino. You got Jennifer Connelly. You got Jean-Claude Van Damme. You got Bon Jovi. John Travolta is coming back. It's it's oh, wow. this is just like I I went as far to, I started shoving names of celebrities into Google Translate so I could get it in the kanji so I could search YouTube on the Japanese side for that. Oh um, wow. This is this is I'm going hard on this on this year. This is this is uh this is fully in the paint with Japanese mm. commercials <laughs> and I am so excited. I just wrapped it up this morning um and we're showing like I, I tried, I learned a lot of things the last couple of years and like what celebrities are sort of universally beloved across generations. Mm-hmm. Like you talk about Brad Pitt near the Kentucky border. Everyone's going to come out for Brad Pitt. I did a bit on Stallone a couple of years back and uh, you and Andrew Nolenberg were the only people who were like, yes, lie. And the rest of the, and everybody else was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. You were like demolition man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's it's been a lot of it's been a lot of tweaking this year, but there's brand new ones, stuff I would have never found otherwise. And uh, I am, I mean, it's just it's going to be that's going to be, I think, my best hour out of all of these. And uh, I I think the prime time they put me on on this really mm-hmm. shows that they that MTech is MTech believes in this one. They've got me in a great room with great times for for on on Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon and evening, um, and that leads into our last one which started at 11.15, same room. It's called Do Not Adjust Your Set. It is an hour's worth of censored, banned, late night, and otherwise sort of like messed with TV from Japan years past. We've got crazy game shows. We've got naughty talk shows. We've got comedy shows that um, that were banned in America. We've got, we've got this... Okay, so there was one that I showed last time called Pink Lady, which was a Japanese show that came to America on NBC back in 1980 and was called one of the worst hours of television that ever aired. Uh, I uh, found a new clip of it, and I wasn't going to put it in, but some mad lad on YouTube upgraded it to 4K. (laughs) There is a full digital restoration of the five Pink Lady episodes that aired. Um and it's also got Jim Varney in it. So, I mean, I can't not oh show God. that in Tennessee. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, I found this, like, Grand Old Opry parody with the girls in this. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I got to show this. But we've got <laughs> we've got mummification uh, game shows. We've got, like, we've got uh, butt torture. We've got weird <sighs> stuff that aired on Cartoon Network year before, like, half of the M-Tech attendees were born. It's going to be, <laughs> that's going to be a, a riot hour. I am, uh, man. I'm, I, I can't believe I found half this stuff and it's gonna, I, I, I fully expect this to be psychologically damaging to many of the people in, in, in the panel. And that's exactly the way I like my television. So 
Right. Like, you know, you want to rip someone a new one, just like uh, if you were to watch Hereditary for the first time. Okay. So I'll get, I'll get, yeah, that's a very good, I was thinking about the ending of Hereditary while while editing this the other day, because I was like, (laughs) great minds. Yeah. Like, okay. So like everything's on fire and Tony Collette is screaming and then everybody disappears. Like it's Boosie. Um, (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly the, uh, the, the last half of the third act. That's that's pretty much like the last 15, 20 minutes of like yep. Nat Wolf's face has gotten fucked up and then everything's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Collette's God, crawling that, up a wall like God, a fucking spider. That movie is so good. <laughs> Classic. That movie is so good. Yeah, uh, it, like Ari Aster coming out <laughs> swinging like as a first time director. I don't understand how that happens. I know this is off topic, but I don't I don't get how that happens. Well, it's like, like Sam Raimi, you know, like think about like right. starting your career with the evil dead and just being like, here's my here's my mission statement. Everyone goes, OK. And just sort of backs away and like lets you do whatever you want for the rest of your career. Right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, for here's a for instance, uh, for the here's a little preview for those who are listening in who are going to be at to another gesture set. I found a, a selection from a game show called Master of Spin. And I'd like to thank one nine hundred hot dog, the last comedy website on the Internet uh, for for highlighting this a couple of weeks ago. Um it's you know those old those old timey Japanese tops that are on the string you know like where they're like like they've got like two like the two handles and the string and they like do like the yeah yeah, yeah. um imagine one of those with a very long screw like a like a threaded screw on the bottom okay. and then they put a guy they pull a guy's pants down and put a little target on his ass and okay. then get these guys to roll the top to go into this guy's butt. And that's the whole thing. I just got a minute's worth of footage from it. And that's that's just in the middle there. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> is, is, please tell me that there's like no setup or context for it. Oh, like, I, I just... cut out context for it just so it is this guy showing his it just he shows the top and he goes, it is very pointy. And then he shoots it across the room into this guy's butt. <laughs> Amazing. I'm I, I can't wait. I, I, it is, I, I'm joking that you'll either come out horrified or with a new fetish and there's no in-between on this hour. There, there's no in-between. There so, is so, a, f- yeah. Suffice to say, this is an 18 plus panel. Uh, sure. You know, yeah. uh, what'd you say? Like 11, 1130 at night? 1115 to 1215. I got that. I got that great, like, uh, up all night, night flight sort of thing mm-hmm. going on. Like, Where everyone's catching their second wind. Yeah, well, it's you know you're catching your second wind, or you caught a couple of other things earlier in the day, and you're just gonna ride that out. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I so I was I was I was back home uh, in uh, you know I went back to my childhood home a couple weeks ago, and uh, I was going around trying to find stuff in uh, some old photos and stuff, and I found a box full of my old VHS tapes, mm-hmm. and one just said Adult Swim on it. And okay. I was like, what Adult Swim is this? It was the first Adult Swim. It was the very first night <laughs> wow. of Adult Swim. So we're going to be showing some of the commercials from that, some of the interstitials. We're going to lead into the uh, we're going to lead into the night by showing some of the stuff that they, you know, some of the uh, the ads they showed when they were like, it's midnight on a Sunday. Nobody's watching. Mm. We're going to we're going to promote like this. It's it got that art test ad that everybody's seen 100,000 times. <laughs> right uh the the very first edition of adult swim that's got to be old enough to where uh it was in four three aspect ratio right yeah it w- it aired labor day of 2001 oh wow okay yeah that so, is like, yeah, pretty early it, it is so it's, it's, that's september 2nd 2001 
And so it is like, it was just like Harvey Birdman, the Brack show, home movies, a bunch of cowboy bebop repeat. <laughs> nice. No, no weird like text interstitials. They're all like just photos of like old people in a pool. Mm-hmm. It's so that's the sort of stuff we're going to be going for. I want, I want, I want everybody in that room to see at least two things they've never even thought of before. <laughs> just couldn't even conceptualize in their minds. Yeah. I, I want if you're going to go into a into a convention and you're like, all right, I hit up the dealer room and then I guess I'll just wander around and look at cosplays like a very noble way to do a convention. That's real cool. Right. But I think, you know, if I'm here to deliver things which you wouldn't have thought of before and to hopefully talk about the history of this media and of this country that we're hope you know, we're out here to appreciate Japanese animation right Mm -hmm. so i want people to come away with a bigger admiration and appreciation of what japan is and went through um with all of this you know and if we can talk about a greater understanding of you know your own childhood of the things you love of the things you didn't really ever think of before that's i have six hours to do that and i'm and I, i want that more than anything is to is to hopefully shift some expectations and opinions and maybe broaden some horizons amazing yeah uh i am i'm super stoked uh this this whole weekend is just gonna be me bouncing around like a crazy person from panel to panel uh (laughs) because like talking to you and all the other panelists i've had on for these mini sessions like people are going to have some great stuff and i mean and there's so much other stuff out there like for panelists that didn't come on the podcast like there's there's like so much great stuff out there that you know I there would... are mermaids in the pool <laughs> like on saturday morning come on right exactly go see that that's gonna be great yeah like uh the um i i forgot her name uh, off the top of my head but uh she uh, she was telling me it's like not so much a panel, but like an hour of escape for people of all walks of life, of all ages, just to come and do arts and crafts for an hour. Like, I love that. Yeah, it's it's basically like a sensory room, but like for for all for neuro, neurotypicals and neurodivergence, you just like draw and paint and you know whatever you can. Uh, whatever craft supplies you can get your hands on there um and apparently they scored a bigger room this year which is fantastic so um yeah um that's the other thing all rooms are bigger this year we're in a better hotel yeah because of the venue yeah i'm i mean it's gonna be interesting uh, with it being downtown and on a weekend and there's like a million different shows going on. Uh, I think Garth Brooks is uh, playing a show or Garth Brooks is playing three shows. I think that weekend, <laughs> of course he is. So yeah. why, why wouldn't he be? Dude, dude hasn't released a new song in like 25 years. Come on. Yeah. Uh, I am. I am so glad that I have my driving situation figured out. I am just going to uh, drive to my buddy's house in East Nashville and take an Uber into uh, <laughs> downtown. That makes and, so much more sense. Yeah, and uh, just hoping that that pans out just fine. So I'm treating this like a working vacation, you know. Um, I'm going to be in cosplay when I'm not on the floor. Yeah, hell yeah. Like, but when I'm not in my panels, I'm just going to be on the floor in cosplay. That'll be great. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to see your cosplays as well. Um, <laughs> you're, well, I'll you're, I'll tell you if you see Ernest P. If you see Ernest P. Worrell out there, just say say hello. What <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> know what i mean Vern? <laughs> uh okay um all right uh well i mean obviously we 
clearly went over our uh, 15 minute allotment time, but I, uh, to be fair, I allotted a lot more than 15 minutes for, <laughs> for yours because, um, well, frankly, uh, you give money to the podcast on a monthly basis and <laughs> that's friend liter- of the show. Yes. Friend of the show. So that literally buys you, um, more time on the podcast. So, and plus you've been on the, uh, the, the podcast several times before. So I know you are easy and steady on the mic. So, um, so there's that as well. So, um, but yes, uh, Mr. Mac Elder, thank you so much for coming on and illuminating us, uh, about your, uh, about your panels that are coming up, um, in, uh, in a week or so. Um, let's, let's run through that, uh, let's run through that panel, that panel schedule one more time. Do it. 2.15, panel B on Friday, America Give, Western Influences in Anime. Genesis Does, Gaming in the 90s, find yourself there at 6.15 p.m. on Friday in panel E. America Get, Japanese information, in Japanese animation invades the states, 8.45 on panel A on Friday. 4.30, who are your influences? to go to the great works of anime, film, TV, and gaming, panel B, 4.30 p.m. on Saturday. 8.45, panel B, Saturday night, Nicolas Cage loves Pachinko. And 11.15, panel B, do not adjust your set, late night terrors of Japanese television. That's an 18 plus, so all kids out of the pool for Adult Swim. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, good sir. It was great to have you back on again. I can't wait to have you back on in the future for a uh, slightly longer episode where we talk about uh, probably movies and uh, we'll slip some nonsense in there, of course. So. <laughs> Look, there's always there's always nonsense, but like we started a Star Trek episode with about half an hour talking about the Criterion Collection. <laughs> yes, and I think uh, there was a possibility of you and Ted like hooking up and going out for ice cream later afterwards. <laughs> that was the episode where you guys realized that you had a lot more in common than you initially thought you did. You know, like how Cisco how Cisco Lindybergh used to go out for, for ice cream after every episode. <laughs> Precisely, it's exactly the same thing. <laughs> Uh, all right, Mac, thank you so much. Uh, listeners, thank you for, for tuning in. Um, and, uh, we hope you enjoyed this. I know it was probably, um, it's a little different than our normal fare. Uh, you know, this is kind of curtailed to, um, basically just MTAC, uh, con goers. Uh, but for you con goers that have been listening, thank you for tuning in. Hope you, um, got educated on some of the panels that, uh, going on in tech weekends and it led you to want to check out some of them so yeah we will uh we'll talk to you next week hopefully <laughs> whatever next week what's a next week i don't I, at this point i don't know